Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. excited today because we have finally made it through some of the Debbie Downer stuff we've been covering the past few episodes. I really started to feel like I was being way too negative. So today we finally get to flip the script a little bit and start talking about setting your student up for a thriving adulthood. In the last episode, we covered why hope is so important for young people and why there seems to be an epidemic of hopelessness. If you missed that episode, I'd highly encourage you to pause this one right here and go back to listen to episode four. Now that we've established the need for hope, my goal is to give you practical ideas for how you can help your student achieve or develop hope. Up until recent years, I would have said that teenagers naturally have hope. It comes along with getting ready for adulthood. The expectation that adulthood is something to look forward to. While some people are naturally a little bit more pessimistic than others, I still believe it's how we're wired. It's the juice that gives us motivation to work hard in college, search for a job, and look for a spouse. We think the effort we put into those things will pay off. 
But at this point, it seems to me that hopelessness has become prevalent among our young people. And even if you don't see this in your student, it's really important to recognize that this is the culture they're living in, the water they are swimming in. Fortunately, though, there are ways to combat this. And I still think that hopefulness is the intrinsic default for most young people. So it shouldn't be too hard to find. I do need to say, though, as a caveat here, that if your student has experienced significant loss, grief, or trauma, they might need to work with a professional counselor or therapist before they're really ready to open themselves up to hope. But let's say that your student is in a healthy place, then I think they're ready uh, for some of these ideas. So here we go. The first idea I have is to give them opportunities to try new things. So if you're finding that your student seems to be a little bit indifferent to their life currently or to what they see as their options for their future, then it might just be that they haven't tried enough. We don't always know what we'll like before we try it. In fact, I would suggest that we don't usually know what we will enjoy before we try it. So if we're asking our kids to identify things that they would enjoy doing, if they haven't actually given those things a try, that might be frustrating for everyone involved. A good place to start here would be leadership opportunities. And this can be in something that they're already involved in and they already know they enjoy. So say an athletic team or band or the school newspaper, just something that will encourage them to take on a little bit more responsibility and ownership and try their hand in working with people in a different capacity. So there's just nothing like leadership that will teach students and really teaches us all about working with people and how we function on a team with that kind of responsibility. Music opportunities, art Sports, church involvement, other service opportunities, all these things are great ways to help your student experience things that are outside of their normal day-to-day life. But it's not quite enough just to give them the opportunity to experience these things. I also feel like one of the most beneficial things that you can do is help them reflect on the experience. So during it, after it, Ask them questions about what they're learning, about their personality, their giftings, their interests, and of course, you are also observing what you are learning about their personality, gifts, and interests through this involvement. That way, you're able to say, hey, you really enjoyed creating the advertisement for that school play. What would you think about taking a class in graphic design and maybe advertising or maybe marketing at some point and then letting that lead into a deeper conversation? Or, you know what? It was really hard for you to manage that team uh, when you were all working together on the service project. Maybe it would be best to look into careers that are a little bit more independent than that particular scenario. And of course, one experience doesn't tell us everything we need to know about someone's future passions and careers, but hopefully that's a good example of how you could use their experiences to start talking about what that means for future opportunities and decisions. 
Another thing that goes along with this is help them get to know themselves in other ways. So the Myers-Briggs type indicator and the strong interest inventory are my very favorite assessments. Myers-Briggs is the gold standard in personality assessments. Most people are familiar with that one. It's the one that gives you a personality like ENFJ or ISTP. And the strong interest inventory is another gold standard, but this one is in career assessment specifically. So looking at how someone's interests align with people in specific occupations and using that to identify careers that they would enjoy as well. And if we're talking specifically about developing hope, there's something so special about having someone sit down with you and look at the results of a personality and a career assessment and say, you make so much sense. You might feel tension in your personality. You might not really understand why you're interested in specific things. You may not feel like you align well with your parents or you are you connect well with your friends, but to me, you make so much sense and there's consistency here and it all points towards all of these options for you that you will probably really enjoy. And that in and of itself should hopefully create a lot of hope for a student just to know that they're not crazy, that they're not the first person who's had their personality type or enjoyed what they enjoy, and that there are plenty of other people like them in the world, and that based on that, there are careers and majors available for them that they will enjoy. And from a parenting perspective, one of the really helpful things about these assessments is it can give you some shared vocabulary to make communication a little bit easier with your son or daughter. So hopefully they will embrace it. I can't promise you that they will, but hopefully they will be excited about it and really engage with it. And if they do and they really start to own that they are an INFP and this is what that means about them, if you also really research that, really get to know that, then you have this shared vocabulary where you and mutual understanding that makes it a little bit easier to communicate about who they are, how they're made, and then what they can be doing with their lives. Okay, last idea before we push pause until next week is to help them understand and visualize what's possible for them. This is huge. They need to be able to see a future version of themselves. So One of the best ways to do this is through job shadowing and informational interviewing. That way, they really can get a good idea of what a job actually is or what a career actually looks like, as opposed to either relying on what they already know or making assumptions about what they think it means to be an accountant, for instance. So one of the things that I've noticed This is actually for my dad a long, 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 long time ago. Students in high school, college gravitate towards jobs that they know about. And of course, this makes sense. Why in the world would they think about a job that they don't know exists? So a lot of students know about being a teacher because they had teachers. They know about the professions that their parents are in. And they probably also think about jobs that they've seen on TV or in movies. And that honestly is a pretty narrow range of professions. So if they're able to 
branch out a little bit and interact with people who are doing things that aren't already on their radar, that will be super helpful. Also, if they have an idea, like they want to be an accountant, well, can you have them job shadow an accountant or at least interview an accountant? So this is going to require you uh, connecting with your network and potentially growing your network in order to connect your student with that person. But I know that people love to talk to other people about their jobs and how they got there and what they like about it and all those things, especially teenagers. It just flatters people so much and not in a prideful way, but in a I don't even know the words for it, but we all know that feeling when someone wants to know more about what we do for a living and why we decided to do that. It just feels so affirming. We can talk about that for hours. So I guarantee you'll be able to find someone in a profession who would be willing to talk with your student or let them tag along on a day in the office. Now, of course, this takes courage from your student But I really think if you can get them to do this, it's going to be so very helpful for them. And finally, help them understand what college, if that's what's in their future, or what a professional life is really like. There's no reason why they would know. Yes, they might have seen some things in movies, they might have heard stories, but those things don't really explain the nitty gritty of either professional life or college, grad school, etc. So sure, there are going to be things that are hard about that, but I think in this case, you really want to focus on the good things so that they know that they have something to look forward to. So let's say you have a student who doesn't enjoy school. Well, do they know that in college you get to focus on what you actually want to study? Of course, this isn't all your classes. Even in college, we take some classes that we might not be as interested in because they're required. But for the most part, that's the purpose of a major. And you actually can choose to take things that you want to take as opposed to taking what you are told to take. Talk with them about how much fun it is to live with roommates and what a blast a midnight Taco Bell run can be. And of course, we know that it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but there's not really a reason why they should know to look forward to those things if they're not being told about them. So share stories from when you were in college, if you did go to college. And rather than instilling fear in them about what could go wrong or some of your concerns, maybe focus most on what you're excited about for them and what you believe will go well for them so that that's what they're anticipating. They probably already have things that they're anxious about. And sure, you can walk them through some cautions and and just some wise counsel going into college or going into a profession. But the more you can focus on what is going to be fun and fulfilling and exciting about college, the better. Same goes for a profession. I'm worried that most kids grow up hearing adults complain about their jobs. And that might not be you, but it certainly is in our culture. And so if you find that your student isn't looking forward to a nine to five job or whatever the profession they are choosing ends up being, 
chances are good that part of the reason why is because they've grown up listening to adults complain about how hard their how hard work is and how much they look forward to the weekend and that certainly doesn't set up anyone to anticipate their career being enjoyable and fulfilling which we know it can be it can also be really hard and people can get stuck in the wrong thing so it's not like we want to hide that from them but i but again, I believe that the focus here doesn't need to be on what they should fear, but on what they can hope for. Okay, we will end it right here for this week, but I am excited to cover the last three things with you next week. I hope this was helpful, and I am excited for what uh, is in store for you and your student as you work through these things. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.